When you can take the pebble from my hand, it will be time for you to leave. Ninja, the tea party's over. We are on. Welcome. Hello. Welcome to another edition of the Asian Action Cast. I am your temporary non-host, Scott, and with me tonight is Christian. Hi. And Nathan. Hello. Tonight we have watched the 1977 Golgo 13 live action film, uh, Assignment Kowloon? Yes. Operation Kowloon? This is uh, a Sunny Chiba Vehicle, a joint, if you will. Yes. And it was terrific. Sonny Chiba's eyebrows bringing it hard. Assignment Carlin. He's one of the few people in this world that can actually stand toe-to-toe with Chuck Norris. Yes, he is amazing. I think this might bring him in as our number one lead actor. Yep. I'm almost certain of it. <clears throat> so just to get some uh, info out of the way, this is directed by Yukio Noda, who I'm not sure has done any other... Films of At note. the moment, we're just looking at IMDb. We don't know anything, but we do know it was stylish as hell. And this is, uh, if you didn't know, this is based on a a manga, a Japanese comic book slash anime. You may have seen bits and pieces of that. There's a really, a really uh, like groundbreaking NES game or NES. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For for with Golgo in it. I know we don't really we don't really cross into video games very often, but yeah, that was one of the first NES games where I think you could sleep with ladies, get your health back. Get your health back, yeah. You can smoke a cigarette. Yep. Okay. Oh, no, Cigarillo. Those things were Cigarilla. long. They were like <laughs> fucking cool as shit. So this, anyway. This came out in 1977 in Japan. And, what a good year, my ad. 1978 <laughs> in Hong Kong. <laughs> so uh, let's start, shall All we? All right. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so <laughs> we open up on a very uh, grey, sandy, cold-looking beach. Yes. And uh, our... Someone's getting chased. Someone's getting chased. <gasps> And gets shot. Mm-hmm. And the next... Okay, uh, we've got to set the scene here. Let's, let's do it right. right. I think it's in Hong Kong. It's Hong Kong, right? It, it yeah. starts off showing some Hong Kong, and there's a beach. And there's... Uh, Actually, what it really starts off with is that... Uh, is it Toei or Toho? Fucking riff? Yep. With the waves crashing on a beach. A completely different beach. Iconic. And I know when, I, when that stuff happens, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the 70s. And the only thing that's missing is an eagle flying in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, a, a an English action, American Western guy who is on the beach and he is surrounded by about three or four people with holding guns. But you don't see the people; you just see the the guns. And he is saying, "Don't do it! Don't do it!" And he gets up to run away, and then you see four people from the back just shoot him down. And then the next scene is his naked body floating in the in the bay, and then our the other star of this movie, Schminny. Schminny. Captain, Captain Schminny. That's not a name. I don't know where that's from. That's weird. Uh, I'm sorry to all the Schminnies out there. <laughs> the the um, the the, the, the well, I, I guess we could say the lead hero because um, the, Golgo the, the is technically an anti-hero. So you know, Golgo is not a hero. So although the ladies might disagree, so they, he races to the the, the wharf where the the other cops are now they pull the body out. He's underneath the sheet. He lifts up the sheet to see that this man has been, you know, shot. Walks around as he's think. You know, he sort of has that look on his face like, hmm, hmm, hmm. 
Yeah, he's doing detective shit. Yeah, jumps Apparently back. that doesn't involve looking at any evidence, <laughs> figuring out any things. He just instantly knows because he's got the mind of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> jumps back in the in the car and then races back towards uh, the office where our scene then cuts to a, a boat. A boat where a another Western man in shorts. No, it, before that we get a really good stock footage of Miami. <laughs> That's right, Miami. Yes, <laughs> Miami. Stock Beach. footage of Miami. Uh, there's a boat in the water. There's a Western guy lying on his back, looking around through binoculars. He says out loud, "Not a ship in sight." He's going to be late. Next, thing you know, at the at the back of his boat, up comes a scuba tank, and out pops our anti-hero, Mister Eyebrows himself. Mister Eyebrows himself. Golgo thirteen. Duke Togo. Duke Togo, and he jumps up onto the back of the boat and he's standing against a rail but he's holding it's his gun in a, in the case but he's looking cool as shit doing it it's like a, like a weird guitar case kind of thing yeah long gun case like, like you could mistake it for a, uh, a pool cue cover yeah also this is the first of many many scenes where Golgo Duke looks cool as shit doing like the most mundane things I try to get him a pool sometimes look like a flopping around like a, a jellyfish oh man there. Sonny Chiba sells everything also as a weird side note here on the cast uh, Smini is Kalan Lung. He is listed as Dirk Chang Smith. So I don't know if that's a weird translation issue there or that's his name in the manga, but he's Dirk Chang Smith. So maybe Smini is a nickname or something. Smini Clam. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy starts talking to... The Western guy starts talking to our anti-hero, saying he needs to take out the boss because he's dealing drugs to other people and the police are getting suspicious. Not the, okay, so obviously that dude's part of an organization. He's the boss of, he's the boss of Hong Kong. He's not the boss. There's people above him in the organization. And the organization's saying, he's skimming, he's selling where we don't want him to sell. Time to put him in the ground. You need to do it for us, Gogo. And then what we do is we cut to a balcony a bazillion miles away. A bazillion. And there's two guys up there looking through an old-timey telescope at him. He's like, ooh, is that Gogo? Mmm, he's a sexy man. <laughs> and Gogo has actually looked in that direction. He had this sixth sense. He knew he was being watched. He looked up. And he's talking to the guy, and Golgo then unzips the case and pulls out his sniper rifle, an M16 with a scope. Custom-made. Custom-made M16, which, okay, I'll buy it, sure. And he, and to be honest, he's probably the only guy in the world that can make this look like a sniper rifle. So he turns around, points the gun straight at the guy looking through the telescope, and the two guys on the balcony are like, he's pointing at us. And he's like, nah, hit the bullet. There's no way he'll get near it. No way in the world. So one guy hands the telescope to the other. Looking, and then it changes back to Golgo. And Golgo fires and hits the guy, the first guy, straight in the eye, through the telescope, and gives him the worst case of pink eye I've ever seen. It, it like The only thing that I, I say lets this film down is blood effects and wounds and everything. It is... It is honestly like something, a patch over this man's eye. It is it's, it's terrible. Crack shot. Crack shot. And the guy's like, hey, that's my men. And Golga's like, don't care. Well, he doesn't say it, but it implies like, don't give a shit. And just nails the other guy right in the forehead. And he is, this is supposed to be a secret meeting. He's like, I would never betray you. And he's like, take the boat out to the water. So cool. <laughs> so fucking cool. So they go over the intricacies of the plan. Says he's going to give him great wads of cash if he does this. And then we cut back to 
Hong Kong, where the bad guys are in Gidget's Club <laughs> in a tiki bar. It's uh, it's quite cool. Like you, you see a lot of shots of Hong Kong in this film, and it's old seventies Hong Kong. So you got like a lot of old neon signs and old just signs hanging over the street, street shots, and a lot of dramatic zooms in and out. It's uh, I think it's quite cool. Uh, it's not just certain areas. It's you see a a lot of different shots, and I like it. There, there yeah, a lot of this is um, um, like shot from. It, oh, not from helicopters, but on top of buildings going down. Like it's it, it, it zoomed in, and then he zooms it back out to show the the background There's foreground. A lot of verticality. It actually makes me really sad that a lot of Hong Kong films don't use Hong Kong the way that this movie uses it. Yeah, and this was like you know, forty-one years ago. You know, this guy had the vision to do that. So there's you know. a lot of shots like when people are talking from a, like a low angle, like you're looking up at their chins and stuff. And I thought it was kind of interesting. This movie's shot well. Stylish. Yeah. So Cinematography's the, great. They're in the Tiki Club. and uh, There's the, a knife-throwing act. Yeah. <laughs> Some cool music. Yeah, knife-throwing yeah. Where it, it's the greatest stock footage of where um, they throw a knife, cut, <laughs> put the knife in the board, Started again. <laughs> so we're, a little bit before this, we're introduced to who the head boss guy is, and he's a famous, like, like touristy kind of like he's he's known in Hong Kong. He's a he's a flamboyant fat dude with a pretty hot wife. Um, they're all like he's like gonna donate a pool or something. Isn't yeah, he? he's yeah. donating a pool. He's doing a bunch like he's you know he's an evil man. Like you see these in all these movies, they do a little bit of like good for the community, but they're making all their money on drugs or you know killing people in orphanages or whatever they do. I don't know. But um, So he's working it. He's got his wife out, but he goes into a back room, and then you find out the knife-throwing lady, this is why I wanted to bring up the knife-throwing, is a cop. She's got a listening device uh, underneath the table in the back room where they're all talking. And I just want to point out... <clears throat> this woman has a really strong chin. This, yeah, this, 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 this girl, this knife-thrower is... Um, I thought she was going to be a thing. I thought she was going to be like a like a love interest or something. But she's not shit. That is uh Etsuko Shihomi is Lin Lee is the knife throwing lady. Yeah. Um so she um yeah, really strong jawline um but can't take a <laughs> uh, No, I shouldn't say. Anyway, um so they finish their meeting and he they they go out to their car and uh, Lin Lin runs out and try, for some reason has the most trouble trying to open the door to her own car with I'm the not key. sure if it's her own car I don't think she stole it because it's like right at the front it's like a prime parking spot she might have just GTA'd that she's a cop she has a special key yeah skeleton yeah. key yeah so she she chases him and she's got a spe- I love this thing I love it it's so fucking stupid she's got like a compact like a compact like thing like that we make up yeah makeup compact that's actually a two way radio. She's like talking to talking to Smitty. Smitty's like, all like, <laughs> "Where are you going? What are you doing?" She's like, "I'm tailing that guy." Blah blah blah. You better follow me. It's like uh, some Dick Tracy shit. Yeah, and then, anyway, they get they get and to a factory. Factory. It literally is Dick Tracy because it's in the 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 radio she's using is a makeup compact. Yes. Like get smart and and Dick Tracy all rolled into some one. Awesome uh, old old timey tech in this big cameras and big and they, everybody gadgets. thinks drugs are made with Bunsen burners. <laughs> like the biggest Bunsen burner in the southern hemisphere, really, just full of this green black like, shit. Like imagine your school is doing 
uh, Frankenstein and there's a, a laboratory with all kinds of Bunsen burners. So that's where they get to anyway. <laughs> that's where they end up. They end up at this weird thong factory. Like all the outside is just filled with like the soles of shoes that would be used to make thongs. Not thongs like in the American sense of Jeez, panties, please. but in, in the sense of like flip-flops. And legit, like we're not fucking around. This is a, you see the outlines, big rubber things. <laughs> That's hilarious to me. I don't know why. I find it very funny. And I just love how this this factory doesn't have a, a bin or dedicated like. No, nope, they just throw that shit. On throw the it, throw it outside next like, to the duck pond. Next to the duck pond. <laughs> the ducks. Ninety percent of their food is rubber. Lin Lee for. Uh, I'm tailing these guys is like right up their ass. Yeah, man. She's not like I'm discreetly doing this. She's not hiding at one bit. So honestly, she's driving so close. She can adjust the guy's mirror in front. You know, at this point also, we're about, I'd say 10, 15 minutes into the film. It's not very long. You'd think this is all about Smitty. Yeah. You'd think this is a Smitty film. If you didn't know any better. (laughs) (laughs) Next time, put the mic to that. (laughs) But, um, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. So, um, so they, so that she gets there and she's going to go check it out, and then they, she gets caught. She, she pokes her head around, sees the bunsen burner, goes, "I'm out of here," and leaves and gets. I don't know science. I'm a lady. <laughs> she, uh, she kicks up, she kicks mass though. She, yeah, she punches a couple she, people. She takes some names. Well, we already knew she could fight because she threw those knives earlier. Yeah. And she gets shot in the shoulder, like oh, right in the fucking collarbone. So yeah, she, she does get discovered. She's running, beats people, goes to run, and someone shoots her in the. This is the one thing about this movie that I really like is whenever anybody dies or anybody gets shot. They that, oversell it? Oh, it is some of the greatest acting I've ever seen in my life. It really is. Like, they don't just fall. They don't get down. It's, man, gravity and momentum has nothing. The parent doesn't exist in Hong Kong when nope. you get shot. Everybody's reverse vampire. It's like, all over uh, the place. Uh, uh. <laughs> if I reverse vampire, I mean, if you've ever seen a vampire slowly get out of a coffin, just do that in reverse. Okay. So, um, so she doesn't die, though. She gets captured. And they're like, and the cops are like, where did you go? She has the wherewithal before this to throw her communicator under the car, though. So that comes, That's in, right. that comes into play later. Now, we shoot back to um, the, the police station, and Shmini's like, we need to go after Mr. Chow. And it's like, why do you need to go after Mr. Chow? It's like, because the, the, this is where the first chief of police is this Western guy. Yeah, English like God. like all like everybody in Hong Kong films, there's one fat balding Western guy who's in charge. Because there's always one fat balding Western guy in charge, and everybody gets up and when he says, "It's time to end this meeting," everybody gets up and leaves. <laughs> so he's like, "No, you can't." He's a he's do, he does all this international tourist stuff. He's giving away a pool. You have to have evidence, and they're like, "Well, we'll, we'll, we'll if we cake him in now, we can we can get some." He's like, "No, get it first. Yeah, like the way police actually work. Smitty, you're crossing the line here. Gotta get us in trouble. He's that kind of stuff. Yeah. That guy knows the Queen. <laughs> and ironically, a picture of... Um... It's not ironically. That shit's in every fucking Hong Kong movie. <laughs> is it Prince Philip and the Queen? or is yeah, it like... Prince yeah. Philip and the Queen. Looking young, man. Philly D. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's like, oh, oh, fine, whatever. Anyway, switch back to... Uh, Golga, 13, getting off the boat and looking drapper as fuck. Man, he always looks amazing. Drapper? Drapper. drapper. I meant dapper, but we'll let that we'll go. Let you know what that is? That's him watching too much Don Draper. He's <laughs> <laughs> drapper. So. He, he watched a, mar- a madman marathon before cool he got the boat. shit. Got a big-ass tie. Nice press suit. Is this a bit... It's not this bit that he's dressed like uh, Beetlejuice, but actually pulling it off, right? <laughs> it comes a little later, I think. <laughs> he's got 
impeccable taste in suits. None of this T-shirt and shorts. Later on, he does wear the Hawaiian, yeah. and, but later on, he does wear a safari. He is like the perfect seventies man. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, and just he, let's and, sit on that for a Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and like I, I forgot to mention this, but like when he gets in, when he, in the first time we see him, he jumps on the boat. He's actually—I'd say he's across. He's probably eighty-nine to ninety-two fit. Like <laughs> he just crosses generations. That's, fit. You, that, that's how good he is. Like he, he's oh. neither one or the other. He's like eighties, nineties fit. You know, he's Sonny Shuba. He cannot be stopped. And so, he doesn't break this. Uh, he has the same face for the whole movie. Uh, Historically it, cool. While he's fucking, while he's killing, while he's chilling, it's the same. Same face. It's, it's great. He, he, yeah, he's and like those eyebrows—they never move. It's so just... he, what does he do? He goes to the club, or is he scouting the club out? I think he's scouting the club out because that's when he he runs away because it's, it's nighttime, mm-hmm. and then we get that that weird shot of we can't shoot this in the nighttime, so we have to turn the daytime down to make it look like darkness. <laughs> We're having a big debate here. There's a scene where a couple of scenes where. The sky is actually quite clear, but there, it looks like they put a filter. Oh, it's, it, it looks like it's been shot during. It's like an old western from the fifties. It looks like it's been shot during the day, but they've just put a, a dark filter over there to make it look like evening. Yeah, <laughs> probably because it's cheaper to shoot that way. Yeah, but um, so so go, let's just go to the scene where he's in the club. So he's in the club, and then he scopes it out, and then he leaves the club. Mm-hmm. He's walking down an alleyway. And there's a girl having a fight with... It looks like a boyfriend, but it's not a boyfriend. It's like the brother of a boyfriend or some shit. It's like, fuck you, bitch. I don't have to give a shit what you say. She's like, my sister killed herself because of you. Yeah, and and eventually they have a little tussle. He's just walking by cash. It's like, nah, this is my problem. I'm too fucking cool for this shit. Keeps walking. But then she grabs the guy's gun out of his belt belt. And shoots the fuck out of that guy. Actually, we, we've missed a scene. We've missed a scene. Like, uh, we, sorry, we're very drunk when we're doing this. <laughs> I'm not that drunk. I'm a little drunk. <laughs> so in the in the in the scene before, um, Gogo is actually in the club, um, and he's scoping everything out. And Mister Polanski, who is um, like, turns out this guy later on turns out to be the, the boss's boss, the, boss's the Hong Kong's boss. boss's boss, and he has this little. Um, I think it's probably eight-year-old daughter who's running around. and um, Or granddaughter. He yeah. looks pretty old. <laughs> so he's sitting there and she walks off and then he's, uh, Gogo's talking something out and she jumps up and touches a picture next to him and he does this pose like he's ready to strike. She looks at him and goes, oh, you have the same eyes as the dragon. And he's like, doesn't say a thing. He just doesn't, he just stares right same through. Same fucking like expressing if she was, everything. If she was older, she would have pissed her pants. She had no idea the dangers that she was in. He was You've just, awoken the dragon. <laughs> stone cold killer. Anyway, um, so then he walks out, and then we have the scene where um, they're in the alley, and the lady just grabs his gun and shoots this guy three times. Like, does not, just just unloads on this guy. Next thing you know, like, she's like, holy crap, what have I done? And then you hear... Uh, no. In the background, you hear um, sirens and, oh, gunshots, they were this way. And she goes, she's sort of looking around, and, and then when Golgo looks at her and goes, I got this. Gives the nod. Grabs her. Grabs the gun. Grabs the gun, holds her, and then all these people come running down, cops and everything. They look like they're a couple in it together. <laughs> and she's sitting there with this look on her face, as if, and he's like, you can just tell, if, if, if she could read minds, he'd be like, play it cool, bitch. Play it cool. Shut up. <laughs> Get us both in trouble. And he comes up and like, did you see anything? Yes, I did. A man with a flamboyant shirt walked that way. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn, are you talking about yourself, Sonny Shiva? 
You were Stalin in the 70s. Oh, a flamboyant guy. Oh, that's not going to help us at all. <laughs> this is where the first scene between Shimmy and um, Shimmy, Shmini, 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 and Golgo actually look lock eyes and they're sort of looking. He goes, "Are you a tourist here?" And he goes, "Yes." Like hotel. Where are you staying? And he goes, "What's your room number?" And he goes, "He says the room number and the hotel," and just looks at him and then just walks off. He's like yeah. we're done. <laughs> Stone cold. And so they're walking by the by like a boat area and it comes to the first action sequence of the film. It's got that dark like filter on yeah. it again, it's nighttime. Near the but jetty. it's like she killed some dude and his crew, which is the same crew for um the boss. The same crew wants some vengeance. And they pop out like some ninjas and Yeah, man, they, they just jump roll in from everywhere. And shit. There's like eight or nine of them, it seems like. And they're like, Hey, you give us that girl, we'll let you go. And he's like uh-uh. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. And uh, he whoops them all, and there's some... Uh, oh, there's a oh, really there's there's some a... great bits in here. He like he does he does some karate at him, pretty much. Well, the first thing he does is he grabs the girl, and he puts her nicely down one level to the like the dock area. And then he's like, all right, guys. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to have to fight you. So they fight. And... One of the first things he does, stab a dude in the foot with a knife. Oh, man. And then he slides. Oh, God. He slides. His foot slides through and he falls in the water. It's like, oh. Like, so his foot didn't just get stabbed. It got stabbed and then he, like, split his rest of his oh. foot open as he fell off. And then he um, he God, grabs man. a dude and does a chop and a kick and a chop. The fight scene isn't amazing, but it's it's visceral enough that I enjoyed it. The, the impacts were, like... Like and then he like, shot oh. a dude in the head at the end of it because <laughs> one of the guys had a gun and he took it from him and shot him in the head. It was great. It was, it was pretty good. And, and one that of them, weird dark filter was like, what is going on? Yeah, here? one of them had the smarts to hide and then run away. Yeah. It was good. Yep, yeah, because he's smart. He knew. He knew. He knew. He saw his eyebrows and was like, mm, this is a bad idea, guys. And he just walks <laughs> off like ain't no thing and leaves the girl behind. But he goes back to the bad guys and he goes, man, we just got our ass beat. And, he's got, and, and they've already been talking about the fact that they've killed a couple of the, the HQ's killers. The assassins. Like, the assassins. And he's like, which is one of the guys from the very beginning of the film. That's the guy from the very beginning yes. of the film. Yes. Uh, at that point, he's like, oh, okay, that must be a Yeah. Hitman. And he's like, he's like, oh, well, that must be the guy that's come from, like, to come to kill us. He's like, oh, no, we've heard about this guy. He's Golgol 13. No one knows his age. No one knows his nationality. And what is a cooler name? Golgol 13 or Duke Togo? Uh, they're both pretty great. Duke Turco is a good they're both, name. You know they're both aliases, uh, though. You know what? I, 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 you can't I, put Golgo 13 in a passport. I would, use, otherwise. <laughs> I would use... What is it? Dirk Togo. Duke. 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 Duke I, I would use Duke Togo. I, I would use that in a pickup line. Like, Duke. I, I'm, Duke. I'm actually going to go and I'm going to make a, um, a what false... What about Royal Duke? I'm going to make a false Tinder profile and go Duke Togo and see how many... <laughs> I just put Sonny Chiba's picture on it and see how many... Get... <laughs> Swipe right. <laughs> that would actually be pretty funny. We should definitely do that. <laughs> well, you know how that goes. And then we should have a bio that's very much like Duke Togo. And if anyone ever replies... <laughs> dot, 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 you should dot, always <laughs> just reply as Duke Togo. Like, it should, it should just keep character the whole time. <laughs> Are you ready to live life dangerous, lady? Well, then I'll meet you. At the elephant wheelbarrow, <laughs> and I'll and I'll put and thistle, and, and I'll put the uh, the Beetlejuice, <laughs> put the Beetlejuice suit on. He wears a suit that is uh, pre Beetlejuice stripes, and it looks fucking stylish. Yep, he looks so. Looks the, so the, cool. There's a scene in here somewhere where he um, gets a bunch of boxes sent to his apartment, and he like puts it all together. Drills. He's, yeah, he's a science. His uh, science work is like it's all like it's all science stuff. It says on the box. I'm like, 
That would get you dinged anyway nowadays. Yeah. I think it's the only time in the film he's actually called Duke Togo as well. Mm-hmm. Like, Mr. Togo, your parcels have been sent to your hotel. It's like, sweet. And it's strange. Like, it just isn't his fashion wardrobe. Like, there's one scene where he wears a striped suit, the Beetlejuice suit, and he's got like a dark shirt. And then another scene later on, he's wearing a Beetlejuice striped shirt, but a different color, like, Time. Pants and suit. Like there's also there's also a couple of times where he goes from like a, a black with a white stripe to a white with a black stripe. He's fucking just pimping. Like can't hold that against a dude. I think all the money he makes goes on his ward. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. He looks awesome. Maybe he gets money plus expenses. Could be. So uh, he's he figures this out and he's like, all right, well I've got a job to do. I got to kill this guy. All right. So is it the next day where it's the pool opening? So they have a they're like. Uh, Mr. Mr. Chow is going to... Oh, no, there's that bit with the cops. Yes. So the cops uh, arrest him? No, 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 no. no, no, no. That's way further ahead. Sorry, sorry. I'm talking about the cops trying to go and find... So the kids find the little radio. Yes, yes, sorry, sorry, sorry. Duck pond, duck pond. Sorry, I I completely uh, forgot about that scene. um, That's an action scene. I just want to say, this is actually quite ironic because while I was on the plane flying back today, um, I actually (laughs) watched... Someone's a high-rolling motherfucker. (laughs) I actually watched... I've I've never seen a series, right? I, and I watched the first episode of The Sopranos, right? And if you haven't seen it, in the first episode, he gets all emotional because he has a, f- um, a flock of wild ducks land in his pool. And I just thought, and now this movie has a duck pond. There's a theme here. I'm determined to see ducks. I didn't see any ducks. If you see ducks in Hong Kong, they're hanging up in a butcher shop. <laughs> That's right. So Peking star. Some kids find uh, Lin Lee's communicator. Yes. And they're like, hey, what, who's this? And he's like, what are you doing? And Samini's like, where are you? And they're like, Near the duck pond, near the factory. He's like, I'm on it. And he's there in a second. <laughs> oh, that like, duck pond. Oh, yeah, yeah, got it. No, it's the, I think it's the duck pond and the factory <laughs> that get him. Because he he, he, he's like, who is this? And the kid's like, we found this when we came to play here. Who plays at a duck? At a, a Me, man. When I was eight, I was down at Richmond Lake all the goddamn time. <laughs> so in the meantime, Lindley is copping a shit kicking from these guys. Oh, they're beating the hell so, out of her, putting out their cigars on her. See, this is the nasty. funny thing. She She's hanging it up with a, shot, with a gunshot to the shoulder. And, like, it's not like her shoulder's just given away from her weight. But they're still just kicking the crap out of her. Yeah, man. They're bad people. You know what they aren't doing, though? Which is a bit of a refreshing change of pace for this. Trying to rape her. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Ooh, there's there's no rapiness in this. They didn't rip a shirt off it. It was like like violence. It's like, okay, better than normal. No sexual violence. That's a that's a step up from it's our a, usual. It's a refreshing change <laughs> from our usual of her. Anyway, um, so yeah, they're beating her up, and then the cops show up, and they fuck up these henchmen like it's nothing. Sort of. They don't really fuck them up. They start shooting them, and there's a thing, and then they bring they bring the woman up, and they're like, "You stop doing what you're doing, or we'll shoot her in the head." She's on top of the roof, by the way. Like, this yeah. is, <clears throat> and so like, it's like you do this, I'll kill, and then Smitty, 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 Smitty. Smitty. Schminny. What? I think. Smitty. Schminny. So he gets up, he drops his gun, he walks forward, and then she sort of seizes her moment, kicks the gun out of one of them, knocks the other guy down, but gets shot, and does this awesome forward flip onto. It's like something you'd see at like Disneyland or some shit. <laughs> it's like the most comfortable landing ever. Yeah, man, because she's landing on all that thong bars. It's just. Sp- boing. <laughs> the other guy took a bad fall, though. Yeah. The guy she kicked off the roof. Yeah, so they they they're laying into each other, and one of them get one bad guy gets shot and crawls like is walking horribly through the 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 factory and accidentally puts his arm down on the blow the building up lever. 
There's a big sign that says do not touch. And as soon as he does it, everyone just goes, uh oh. <laughs> and it explodes like a I model. I must have missed that. I was, I was, I was... It was pretty funny. The model just explodes. It's model, by the way. <laughs> Um, so, and then, and then it cuts to pretty, pretty much after that, it cuts to the boss in a different place going, well, we don't have, he's talking to, what's his face? The actual head dude that it ends up being. Personal. Mr. Polanski. Polanski. Um, talking to him like, oh no, they're on to you. He's going, oh no, they're on to you, dude. You better fix your shit right up. And he's, dude, what the fuck? I tried to hide my fart. That didn't I'm work. Speaking to that now. Edit that out. All right. Um, it didn't work anyway. So, so um, they're talking. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, there's nothing to nothing to connect me at this point. And uh, anyway, that's why there was a dead man switch in there in the first place. The whole place is blown to shit. There's no evidence. It's like, all right, well, blah 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 blah. And then somehow then he gets we, diplomatic immunity and all this as well. Well, he doesn't get diplomatic immunity. Uh, Polanski has diplomatic yes, immunity. Yes. So because Polanski is an ambassador of some kind, probably to. 15-year-old Rapeville. Roman Polanski, Joy. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> so so we cut oh, to the next day. And um, Golgo is is an amazing shot of Hong Kong from a roof. Yep. Golgo's up there setting up to take the shot. At the pool. At the pool. There's like a also, Scottish I, marching band. Can I mention this pool uh, opening? There are so many vehicles pulling in. Like, it's a massive deal. They capture the shot of everybody in the pool. There's like 20 people there. Yeah, man. That's a pretty. That's not it's, it's, a good use of, uh, you know, sharing the ride. Well, the elite don't want to hang with other people, <laughs> so there's like a marching band and a and and they're gonna they're gonna let the the, the bad guy open the pool, and and Gogo's getting ready to take the shot. And it looks like a hard shot because he's got to shoot through the marching band and hit the dude. But as he's getting ready to take the shot, some white lady shoots that motherfucker. Bang! Taking his kill. Gold yep. is pissed. And you know, in, in the like out the, the audience knows that Polanski has done it. Like Polanski's ordered that hit because he's now getting closer and closer to getting fucked himself. So and Gold goes like, I have been fucked. So he calls his mate. It's like what he goes to his mate's house, he's wearing an eye patch. Mm-hmm. Uses the phone. Because, you know. Yeah. It's like what the hell? He calls uh the guy. You double you you putting two people on this hit? Yeah, he called the guy in uh he saw in the start of the film. It's like, what the hell, man? He's like, I'd never do that to you. I'll put more money in your account and find out who it was. So Smitty and uh, the other guys are on the case. The other cops are on the case. They run past said white lady, assassin, who's wearing a pretty cool safari suit. Like, it's nothing. They take off and they're out of there. And she adds a little giggle as they run past. (laughs) And then it goes to the next scene. Is there back in the back room of the club? or bedroom, where the guy who just got shot is now, his wife is now sleeping with Mr. Polanski. Uh-oh. Not look, not a good look there. Just waiting for Nathan to come over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, barbecue chips, sweet. So, barbecue chips now. <laughs> <clears throat> so but There is a great scene where they're burying him. And the widow looks sad, and there's a fucking grave digger hiding around the back of one of the graves, just looking sweaty and shitty. Like, fuck, these people should hurry the hell up. I got work to do. <laughs> Hong Kong's hot. <laughs> this might have been a nice use of the uh, it's nighttime filter, but not really. Was that also here? No, they generally don't bury people during the nighttime. No, you never know. <laughs> so, the next scene, um, we go back to um, Polanski. Um, 
of this is now heading to Japan. Japan. And, of course, sitting in economy slash comfort class, looking drapper as usual. Drapper. I like the word drapper, I want to say it. This ain't no economy class. Gogo flies first class all the way. And... Of hey, this is, be- this is before... This is 1977. The whole plane was fucking still first class back then. There was no economy. It was just like, you sit here... Poor with- people didn't get to fly. <laughs> they wear a suit to fly. That's right. And, of course, Polanski's on the same flight, and... Well, he knew he was going to be on that flight. He knew. And the funny thing is, like, um, the little girl who, ne- who nearly awoken the dragon the last time runs up to and goes, Uncle Dragon Eyes! And he's like... Hello, little girl, and puts a, a poppy, a red poppy flower on her. He just likes to remember the people that died in World War One. That's all. Remembrance Day. Ah, but what we don't know is it's got a microphone in it, and he's listening. Yeah. So he she runs up. Oh, Uncle Dragon gave me this, and he like this is the great thing about this. Back then, like the, the Mr. Plancy just hugs a girl and goes, "Oh, that's so sweet." Doesn't turn around and say, "Who's Uncle Dragon?" I don't know this man. Who is this stranger putting flowers on my child? None of that. It's just like hug. It was back in the day when you could still hit kids. <laughs> well, so he's probably high as shit on that plane. Yeah. So they they land, and then we get a little little Tokyo like tourist tour. We get to see Arashiyama. We get to see. Some temple shit. I think we get to see the palace or uh, the shogun's palace. Because Spinny's over as well, as well, right? And his sister's like, I'm studying here. Yeah, that's all fucking... And they get to see the bullet train. It's just a great way to just show, where Japan? And it actually, and apart from the stock footage in Miami, it actually does look like they've been there, you know? This isn't this isn't like um, other films. They say, we're in Japan, and it's actually like, you know, southeast China and... and some bamboo forest you or get something. Some nice shots of Kyoto, and it looks kind of cool. And there's some some crazy seventies haircuts there. It's great. It's fucking awesome. On the bullet train, they're talking about how fast it is. The whole thing sounds seems a little bit like a tourist video in the middle of a movie. It seemed like they needed like to fill an extra seven minutes of footage. And Sony totally paid to place their giant fucking camcorder in a shot. Now, while this is going on, Schmini rocks up. And who does he meet in Japan? His sister. I just said that. I just said that. No, you didn't. I did. He did. He literally just did that. And they talked on the train. You don't remember the whole bit that... So, like, you, you, mentioned, that? you mentioned the speed of the train, but he's like, I like a slow train. She's like, this one goes 200 k's an hour. And he goes, eh. Anyway, he's over there and he meets his sister. And as we said before, it's an excuse to show some cool shots of Japan. And he's like, I gotta go. Gotta go and talk to the police. But there's this great bit with this weird looking white lady. Could be a man, not 100% sure. Or in a wig, maybe. It's real weird. So he takes this, so what, what he does is he, like, so Golgo follows Polanski, takes a video of Polanski talking to, I believe, the FBI, or the CIA, or the KGB. I'm not sure who it is. It's, it's a three-letter initial of some kind. He's talking to them, trying to make a deal to get the hell out of the situation that he's in. And he's got this big-ass Sony camcorder thing. And you can see the logo pretty yeah, clearly. really cl- clearly. And he's, like, panning around, but he's actually videotaping their things. And then he takes it to a lip reader. And the lip Weird-looking person and... Um, Weird motherfucking-looking person. Well, they, they do the job, and he gives them, like, a bunch of money. And then they're like, I need some more for that. Gives him a big stack of bills. Done. So he's got all the evidence he needs. So... Golgo now knows what Duke now knows what's going on. And he can make a plan for it. 
And then everything goes back to Hong Kong. No. Back in- no. Are they back in Macau? No. No. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry, sorry. There's a fight. There's a fight. There's a fight, but Schmini. Schmini. Shows up to Gogol's room and's like, of all the hotels in all of Japan, he's like, he finds it. He goes, you're in the same hotel as Polanski. And you're- That's some shit, huh? <laughs> How about that? I gotta arrest you. And then he's like, you can't arrest me. You ain't got no jurisdiction, kappa. That's right. I remember this now. And then they get into a bit of a fisticuffs. And Gogo easily beats the shit out of him. Like, it's not even a thing. He throws him in a bathroom. Doesn't hurt him, but throws him in a bathroom. Shuts the door. Shuts the door and then opens the, the front door like he's left. And the moron Schmini runs out there like, chase him. Gogo ain't going to leave his suits. <laughs> he just walks out of the bedroom with a new suit on going, yeah. It was pretty cool. I like how he took the effort to shut the door. I was like, oh, I'm going to shut this. That three seconds is going to buy me some time. <laughs> Couldn't leave that tape behind either. Couldn't leave all that evidence. No. Yeah, he probably spent an extra half an hour in that room packing it up while that cop's running all over Japan going, oh, he's around here somewhere. Keystone shit. <laughs> so so now it goes back to Macau. I was, just as I was saying before, it goes back to Macau. Yeah, I just, we needed to hit that fucking fight. Because it's, it's the fight. two. No, a, no. a hero and anti-hero throwing down. It was. I wouldn't say it's really a fight. I, I'd say that um, Schmini just he, he tries to get him and tries to, but like Duke just he, he dodges like dodges him what left right puts him in a room and uses a uses his own body weight. It's like, like a judo master tai chi in effect. You know, he's so cool that his aura just deflects Rep- any punches. repels badness. But I also want to point out that that hotel room was fucking amazing. Anyway, um, so so they're back in Macau. And he knows he's got to kill Polanski. And he goes to... Oh, we missed, it. we missed a scene earlier where he talks to his, like, gun dealer with the eye patch, who's pretty goddamn cool on his own. Um, and he's back in town. He's like... We say your orders are always urgent and complicated or something Yeah, like he's that. like, I need this kind of gun. I need to do this. i got to kill this brother. And tonight. And I need it tonight. He's like, and oh, he's like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> God damn it. Gold, gold. Don't you know how to roll properly? Um, but anyway, so he... But at the same time, Schmini's trying to get the higher-ups to help him catch him. He's like, I need 15 guys. We've got to catch this guy. He's like, I've got to get it done. He's, he's crazy. He can't see the, the forest for the trees. He's so obsessed. And then uh, I believe there's a scene where he is in Macau and the cops are after him. Oh, yeah. There's also one. I just want to just very briefly touch on the scene. So um, Polanski has a henchman and they go to this island. <laughs> and there's like, there's they're all the bag. Yeah. There's like hundred, like fifty bad guys, and they're all like training. It's not like, uh, it's not like American Ninja Two or American Ninja Three training, but it's still kind of like they're all punching and kicking each other and shooting. One of the guns guns does a perfect smoke ring. It's it's, it's way it's too like cool. In the to middle be of the shot, it's yeah. amazing. It's not even CG. It's like spot on. It's like no, wow. it's too early for CG. There's random dudes fighting a smoke ring. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they show that the fact the plaque the fact that the island has a bunch of cameras and it's like a man it's like a fortress. And um, they, so at this point, they go back and we go, oh, yeah, we've got to catch him. Golgo for 13, he's a terrible guy, we've got to catch him. So they, they send 15 dudes, and there's a pretty good chase sequence. It's not an action sequence, but it is a chase sequence, and it's pretty great. So do you want to go with that? And then doesn't he bump into... Uh, no, well, we, we, uh, no, I no, want to go into sorry. it a little bit. Yep, so sorry, go. There's bits where he's like sliding over cars, he's being chased by the cops. There's a bit where he goes into a double-decker bus, goes up to the second story of a double-decker bus, gets back on the roof. As the as it's going, he grabs onto a like a 
like one of the neon signs and climbs down. And all the people in Hong Kong are just looking at this shit going, oh, my God. That was a cool stunt. He yeah. kind of grabs a sign and gets down. Well, I just want to say this. Like, this is something that's it's not... a pretty good shot. The, the film doesn't focus a lot on this, and I think they should. They've missed a golden opportunity. No matter what Duke does... He is always making things better when he does it. Like, he slides across the bonnet of a car. It's a perfect polish where that streak where he was. It just, the car just gleams in that where his butt was. He goes, he runs past, grabs a person's mirror to run past and turn better. The mirror is perfectly adjusted. He, he gets it perfectly right. Just everything he does makes, makes everybody better. Makes the, makes the Coke bottles he grabs off the side of that truck as he's hiding his body and getting carried by the truck instantly cold. <laughs> He's the Iceman of... <laughs> but I'm also going to say this. It's, it's fantastic. It's an excellent sequence. He's in a fucking white safari suit the whole goddamn time. He looks immaculate. Short-sleeved. Short-sleeved safari suit. Not one bit of dirt. He's going like, to Africa to kill a rhino after this. Like, not one bit of dirt. Like, dirt is not allowed to touch this suit. No, like, no, no. He, he will hunt this and dirt. He's in, and by the way, he's in the... It, I don't know if Hong Kong has slums in 1977, but it looks pretty <laughs> fucking slummy. Also, it's probably really hot and muggy there. Yeah, it's yeah. sweating. Yeah, it's sweating. You don't sweat. Uh, but as he's going, he, he, the woman that he saved earlier, which is why we needed to bring that up, the woman that he saved earlier sees him. We don't... Oh, God damn it. Um, anyway, so he sees it, and, and he's like, okay, here, take this gun for me. And she does, and they meet up later. He gets the gun back up. So he gets caught by the police at this point. Yes, too. interrogated by Smitty. Because mm-hmm. there's a cool shot where it's kind of looking down from a building mm-hmm. and he walks in and like five guys surround him. Yeah, and, and he's like, him. he doesn't fight the cops. He's like, oh, I'll just go in. I like that scene. I like that shot. It looked look cool. Because it's kind of down from the top. Yep. And he just walks into the circle and they all just surround him. He and he's gets like, handcuffed. He gets taken to the station. He doesn't say a word. You know what he should have got? Thumb cuffed. That's right. He should have got thumb cuffed. He doesn't say a word, though. It's amazing. He just stoically takes it. And eventually, Smitty's called into the office and they say, we, we can't hold this guy. We're not, we're not the Russians. We can't just hold him forever. It's like, his boss is like, get a grip, man. Yeah, you, you've, this case has taken you over. He said, let him go. We got nothing. You got to let him go. And he's like, I don't care. I don't, I'm going in trouble for this. But as, one of the things is... Before he goes into the office, like when they first had him in the in the in the interrogation room, and he's sitting there not saying anything, they turn this light on him, and he's just sitting there working on his tan. And the other guy with Smitty in the room slaps him, slaps Duke, and Duke just sort of his head hardly moves. He's like, "That wasn't shit. Do it again. Do it again." He doesn't actually say that, but he he looks at like the disgust of like that's the best you got. So they let him go, and then as he's leaving. The bad guys know that he's getting released somehow, and they're waiting for him as he walks apparently through a junkyard to get to where he's going. <laughs> and he's like, "We thought we'd get you now, while you don't have a gun, Golgol Thirteen." Is that Schlitz? The yeah, assassin? Schlitz, the white assassin with bad teeth. He's like, "I've got a, gu- I've got a gun. You don't." And then he, Golgo's like, "Whoa, I'm just gonna hide a little bit. I'm gonna beat these guys up, your henchmen." I'm going to hide, and then we're going to throw a javelin at your face. Oh. So the thing is, this 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 assassin does this stupid thing. He pulls his gun out, and then Golgo runs and hides. And then he puts his gun away. He, it's like his specific ability is quick draw. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I'm going to go with. <laughs> the scene is, though, like, he drops down from a crane. He looks up, and he throws, like, a pipe or something sharp and just nails him through the stomach like it's nothing. It is fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty great. I also, I know we we do it all the time, but I hate doing it. We've got to go back a little bit. There's a really great scene that we missed where Golgo picks up the wife and she thinks she's picking him up. 
He picks <laughs> yes, up the yes, wife yes. of the, the, the boss that's been killed, and she's all like, you're so manly, and my husband was such a piece of shit. Big fatty fat fat. And they're like, they're fucking, and you get to see some boobies. It's pretty great. But what's actually set up is that she, like, there's the the assassin that killed, the white assa- white lady assassin who killed... The safari suit from earlier at the yeah, pool? She's going to shoot him. But Golgo kills those motherfuckers. Like, like, bam, bam, in the face. The, you see the gun come out from a court, from a from the curtain, and they're in a passionate embrace. And he just, like, in one move, spins her around so that she's his... I actually, for a second, thought he was going to use her as a human shield, but he didn't. Yeah, as, cool, he, as if to put her in a human shield face, and then pulls his, a gun out that from he from somewhere because he's naked because he hid this gun somewhere. Shoots the girl right between the eyes through a sheet, through a curtain, through a curtain. She falls down dead, and he says the coolest is that next time make sure you both wear the same perfume. Yeah, man, that's pretty amazing because he could smell two different perfumes in the room. That's just, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger commando shit. Yeah. I smelt their aftershave. It's easy to forget that scene though because like it was like it's, it's a, a nothing it's a, scene, it's a pivotal scene, but it's like oh that happened. Of course he was going to kill That's her. That's how they tie up loose ends in this film. <laughs> yeah. So it just happened. So, anyway, back to Schmitzy. Um, Schmitzy? The white guy around the junkyard. So he, he's looking around and he can't find him. And he's like, where is this guy? Next thing you know, from the top of a crane, the actual crane like hook is coming down. <laughs> Golgo is holding onto it with a javelin. Like he's made a spear out of something. And the guy looks up and tries to shoot him. He throws the spear. He gets shot in the leg, but the spear goes right through the, the white guy's chest. And then he drops to the ground. Gogo runs over to him and he goes, who, who sent you? And he's like, you knew a falling target will be hard to hit. And next you know, there's car coming, so he takes off. I forgot he got shot in the leg, yeah. And he, um, I believe he... Hooks back up with the lady he saved earlier. Hello, what? Sorry, he hooks up. He hooks back up with the lady he saved earlier. He, um, no, no. What, what happens is he, he, um, he hides on this little beach and he gets the, the young oh, kid, kid yeah. to run up to the girl and go, "Look, he's hurt here." And she turns around, runs, and like she's looking around and he's directly behind her. And she turns around, and goes, "Oh my god, you're hurt." Then we get the manly surgery scene. <laughs> So she goes back to where she lives, which is on one of these boats, right? And she's sitting there telling him, like, he gets a knife, heats it up, does a Rambo thing, you know, digs a knife out, winces probably once or twice, but his face... Pull it out. Yeah, never never fucking... Never, yeah, the facial expression doesn't change. He then gets the bullet, puts it in a a bun and eats. (laughs) (laughs) He's so manly, he eats it. This hurt me, I'll hurt it. No, it doesn't do that. But then... He, after he bandages it up, he's lying there, and the girl starts telling her life story how she was a prostitute, and the guy that she killed um, raped her younger sister and was just getting the money off her, and how she falls for any guy who does sweet, tells sweet things, and and then they she goes hold me tight, and the next thing you know they have a passionate well, embrace. She, she, he was like, oh, you did the right thing, you know, you did this out of love, fear, and. Like he, he, he justifies it to her. He goes, like, the first shot was for revenge. The second shot was for fear. The third shot was for love because you didn't want him to suffer. And she's like, hold me. I have a passionate embrace. I got to admit, I was a bit turned on by that. <laughs> you too. I thought I was the only one. Yeah. Anyway, um, so in the morning she wakes up and he's gone. No, actually, he, she wakes up. He's standing outside with like one half of his safari pants ripped with a bandage around his hand, his leg, 
And then he's like standing there and she goes, oh my God, you can stand. It's like, I'm a vampire. <laughs> and Bullets don't hurt me. Anyway, he, um, he goes, I have to go. And then he gives her the pendant he's wearing around his he neck. Just, no, he leaves. She goes to get food and he leaves while she's gone and puts the pendant there. And I assume he has like 40 pendants. And I, I, I recommend the... He just leaves for ladies. I reckon it's the other way around. I reckon that pendant is worth like, you know, super rich. She takes it down to so local you, porn store. So you write in and you tell us which one's correct. Your choice. Yeah, is it a? Does he have uh, like forty of these at home? Or I think option? he has it for all the ladies. I think he's always got one in his pocket. Oh, I need to let this. I need to. I need someone. I need a lady to feel special. Or is this B worth so much that she'll never live on the dirty boat again? Dirty boat. <laughs> dirty boat. Um. So at this point, we're pretty much at, almost at our finale. So, um, Smitty Sm- Sm- gets the okay to storm the island. He does with his crew. He's found out that the FBI have made a deal with the boss to give him uh, get him over to America. Yep, immunity so long as they get the list of drug dealers that he knows about. And um, and Gogo has his weapon of choice, and he's going his to. His mate has come through with the the wetsuit. He's, he's got gun. his plan of attack in motion. So that's where we're at. They storm the island, and like twenty meters behind, he's like <gasps> pops up out of the water, and it's it's, it's fucking yeah, Duke Togo. Duke Togo in a wetsuit. He's watching the other guys storm the beach. And I love this bit because all the police just have their, like, six-shooter revolvers. And the, the bad guys are all packing, like, rifles and proper guns and all this shit. And they're not in, like... And they know, still win, mostly. Ta- ta- tactical response gear or anything. No, no, it's not SWAT. It's just those dudes with their flares. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> casual gear. And, and, and Smitty is rocking the double denim. He is doing it pretty good. He's rocking it hard with that double denim. Actually, this could be the first movie I think I've seen in a long time where... Double denim wins. Like usually, it's some bad guy from Double Dragon in Double. De- <laughs> double you know, denim getting the crap beaten. Pull that off much better though. Yeah, yeah. He could have. He could have. He wouldn't though. He's too fucking classy for that. <laughs> Speaking of body armor and stuff like that, there's a really cool scene. Smitty goes like, "All right, we'll take this on. I'll take these guys over here. You guys hold these guys." And so Smitty's running through. He kills like seventy thousand people on his own, Smitty. <laughs> Like I'm at, at that point, I'm like, mm, Duke, T- Duke Togo fucking owns you. What are, what's going on right now? He's got a six shooter and he reloads it once and takes out seventy dudes. It's awesome. Yeah. It's but amazing. there's, a, there's he a, fights great... a guy with no shirt. But this is the great thing. Just, sunglasses. Just, he there's three guys chasing him, and they knock him down. And he turns around, he rolls on the ground, pulls his gun out. And there's three guys. Two of them are dressed in one of this Bruce Lee like lookalike. He's pretty pretty good, you know, pretty good condition, ripped and that has got. No shirt on, so he shoots the two guys with wearing clothes, and the guy with the shirt goes, "Oh, I'm out of here! <laughs> I'm out of here!" Exit stage. This, this whole scene is pretty cool because, like Nathan said, they're storming this castle, they're storming the mountain, and they're going gradually getting higher and higher, like a video game. It's, it's really yeah, cool. it's it's cool. Like some nice that. shots. There's also some shots of like Polanski and his henchmen with the really bad glasses sitting in a room, and they've got a bunch of cameras, and like, no one can get in here. We have five cameras. <laughs> like, because it's the 70s, man. That's got to be amazing at that time. But it's like, he, he's, he's got this, like, remote control. Big old clicky remote control. You know it's just a calculator. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, at that point in time, there were remote controls. Usually they were connected by a wire, though. Yes. So he's pushing buttons, and um, he's like, and, and then uh, Smitty shoots all the, because apparently all the cameras are facing the exact same direction. So he shoots them all within about five seconds. And he's like, oh, no, the cameras are all down. And then, then Polanski starts to freak out. He's like, how's the boat going to get in? The boat, the FBI boat can't come from the that way. And it can't come. And it's like, oh, it can't come from the back either. He's like, get me a helicopter then. He's like, no, nah, we can't do that at the moment. The helicopter's not going to come in. And, then, and then, then the henchman has a great idea to get himself out of the situation, <laughs> which is, I'll act as a decoy. I'll go onto a, 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 like a Hong Kong junk 
boat out and, and I say junk boat in that you know that Hong Kong like the Chinese kind of junk boat I don't know if that's a he takes a little dinghy out there he takes a dinghy out there gets in the boat starts to drive away all the police go that's our man so they get in the boat they get in their like uh, police boat and they start chasing right and then then they- at one stage it looks so funny because this it looks like this police boat is about to ram this dinghy eh? yeah yeah and they're like, anyway, he, he, he's, he, they shoot the guy and he turns around. It turns out to be the henchman wearing a wig. And the funniest thing is like, that's not the dude. And then you see this helicopter coming over and they're like, shit, we've got to go back. And, they just and, they back. and I love this because if I was that henchman, I'm like, I'm the only one who got away. No looking I'm, at, I'm like, bleeding out here though. The police, the police head back to the island. The, the henchman on this boat is like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> you got a shoulder wound, though. Oh, whatever. You yeah. got a shoulder wound. You'll be right. Um, so, <laughs> so he goes back. But during this time, all this time while this has been going on, it's a pretty good fight scene. There's a couple of good fisticuff bits in it, and there's some rolling and some barbed wire and some rifle shots. It's pretty great. Gogol has been hammering. He's been essentially mountain climbing. He's been hammering in like... Oh, wait. Before we go on that, I, I've, there's a scene that we've forgotten, and I think it's really pivotal. When... Um, Shmini goes out. There's three guys with him, right? So they two guys hold, put their hands on each other's shoulder. Oh yeah, that's and one guy goes to his knees, and he, Smitty goes to jump over the barbed wire fence, and one guy is who's got to like, get shot in the arm while holding him up on his shoulders, and he's like, can't hold it much longer, and he does this just before he drops, Epic. he does a flip over the the barbed yeah, wire. It's pretty, it was pretty manly. It's like yeah. <laughs> And I also thought to myself, wow, this police force did not come prepared. They didn't come with any fucking <laughs> no bolt bu- cutters. No bulletproof vest, no, nothing. No bulletproof vest, nothing. That wouldn't happen nowadays. They'd be coming in there with tear gas and <laughs> machetes and machine guns and helicopters. So we're building to our little climax here. Yeah. Gogo is climbing a cliff face. And he's hooked himself in. He's getting a position. And he gets his gun out. And he's just sort of swinging himself backwards and forwards. And Polanski gets in the helicopter and starts taking off. And the police are still on the boat trying to get to the island. And he's swinging himself backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. And he's looking through the scope. And Polanski comes across the... Bam! Right in the fucking middle of the forehead. Boom! Misses the little girl, the pilot, and the FBI guy. Hits the other guy straight in the head, keeping the record straight. He has yep. not and missed And then yet. that guy falls out of the fucking helicopter. Into the water. The helicopter kind of wheelie kind of circles back around. Yeah, it goes to look. Up. It's like, we've got to make sure he's dead. Yeah. The greatest thing is, though, when the body falls out, it is like... How would we describe it? Super realistic? <laughs> dummy. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a dummy. The arms and the legs are flailing in ways human bodies they, do not they, do. They had the... Uh, presence of mind to sticky tape the uh, briefcase. suitcase into his hand. Yeah, <laughs> the briefcase attached to it. So he falls into the water. There's a shot of Gogo swinging backwards and forwards. He's going to escape. We don't actually watch him escape though, because uh, Smitty kind of goes, looks around, and sees, looks to at the position, and Gogo's fucking gone. Yeah, he's mm, evaporated like mist. So, and that's <laughs> that's like pretty. A vampire. Much, it's not the end of the movie, but that's pretty much the end of this plot. Yep. Next thing you know, uh, we're in an airport. Yeah, and Gogo is Duke Togo. Just walking onto the fucking In the most subdued <laughs> blue suit he's worn the whole film. And this is... It, I will say, this is probably his best suit because this Something one... I would actually wear. It's like the tie, the shirt, everything, the shoes, everything matches. It all looks like... Honestly, like, I'm surprised there wasn't a, a, like a, an army of, uh, of stewardesses just like following this Oh, there this probably guy. is. Later on. <laughs> They're all waiting for him in his private jet. Yep. And so Shmini's up to him, talks, walks up to him, and he goes... We didn't find anything to get you on. But if you come back to Hong Kong, I will arrest you. He, did, he does punch him too. Uh, yeah, well, I was getting to that. But he goes to walk past and Smitty puts his hand out to put his shoulder and stops him. 
And they both look at each other and Smitty just smacks him. And Gogo was like... He just moved his head out of like a reflex action. That wasn't... That didn't hurt him at all. He was he was trying not to sneeze. <laughs> yep. And then we cut to a plane and boom, end of the movie, no credits. The end, it's... No, no credits. Oh, it no literally... Nothing. And I've got to say, I'm just looking at the startup screen of the DVD and he looks like he's wearing a ninja suit. It's it, just his eyes and his yeah. eyebrows. Looking at me. His eyebrows take up three quarters of the screen, by the yeah. way. <laughs> oh, it's a great film. So you can get this Tour on the, de Force. the Sonny Chiba collection. Yeah. I, re- I highly recommend it. It's great. Yeah, like it When I movie. first saw Sonny Chiba, like... Uh, he looks from the back. He looks like Tom Jones. He's got Tom Jones hair. It's just like the Asian Tom Jones. And he went from the Asian Tom Jones to the only man I think in this world that could possibly stand up to Chuck Norris. Like that's how cool this film is. It will change your perspective on Sonny Chiba. He's like if James Bond wasn't such a details guy. If he wasn't such an elitist white man from yet uh, from like Oxford or some shit. If he didn't care about the details, he just cared about the killing. Yeah. Well, because you got to remember this whole time. He's killing for a drug syndicate. The whole time, he is not a hero. He's killing bad guys. They are bad guys, but other bad guys have sent him to kill those bad guys. And the world would actually be better if he didn't kill that guy at the end because the FBI is going to get a list of names that would help them destroy a drug <laughs> they, they, ring. They, they did get the list, though. They, they, somehow they picked up the briefcase, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Because uh, they were flicking through it at the end. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there you go. Gogo is a fucking hero. Take it back. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if I take it back, he won't be anywhere near as sexy. I thought this movie was, was great. Um, oh, it was really good. There was some awesome music in this, but there were some weird scenes where you thought, like, not that all that movies there have to, to have some cool music, music, but there yeah. was nothing like just like weird silence, and not that all movies need to need to have always music. have a score yeah. going. But yeah, yeah it, it was good. There was some great stuff, some uh, good the, shots, some the, some cool camera the, angles. And stuff. The the actual thematic, the theme, the Golgo theme, where the lady just sings Golgo. It's pretty great. Yeah, we'll probably put that with some eagle oh, we, sounds. We probably will. <laughs> that's probably not a. That's definitely happening. So what do you? So you've seen this movie, guy. What 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 what's your uh, what's your move that you're going to take from this? Oh, this is what move am I going to take from this? Hmm. Uh, the ability to shoot people through telescopes from five thousand meters away, uh, or maybe to love uh, love hard. <laughs> I want to pick people up and like whoop them out of the way into safety. <laughs> <laughs> On the top of a building, just throw somebody over another building. You're safe now. Go. Yep. <laughs> um. I'm sort of a bit like Nathan, but like I, I think it's like I want to be able to use any gun as a sniper rifle because I've never, I don't care if it's a custom gun or not. An M16 is not a fucking sniper rifle, all right? It's like there's two things wrong with this movie. Like one is his gun. Nothing wrong with this movie. You fucking take that back. <laughs> I agree with Nathan. His gun is like okay. It's like that it, it must be the only prop they had that was that was a rifle. And the second thing is the when you see blood and guts, it's like the worst. Makeup job ever, but everything else—the the this music, the the sound effects, the the choreography, the um, you know, the gunplay, and, and all, and the and the scenery, the camera work especially—is just. I've never seen Hong Kong look as good as it does in this film. Like in a movie from this, like with this kind of budget, this kind of film. Like um, yeah, admittedly, there's been some other movies I've seen that have been arty, like art movies that have been looked at, maybe looked a little better. But this movie, Hong Kong, looks like. Hot, fucking cool as shit. I want to watch it again. Yeah, like I, right I now, would, I'd watch it again. I would like to watch. Maybe not. The, this is the second time I've watched this film because I watched it with my girlfriend. Yes, this is a movie my girlfriend would watch because yeah, she watched it once. Um, but there's shots in this film where I'm like, I wish I was there. Like it made me nostalgic for a shit I hadn't seen before. It's very cool. Yeah, it's a shame that we'll we'll never actually see that in the flesh. You know, like 
Um, no, it's, it, the Hong time Kong, has passed. Yeah, man. Hong Kong now is a very, very different city to what we see there, and it's it's kind of like um, when you go to Vegas and you've got the new strip, and then you go to the old strip where yeah. it's got the you know you. It, it's it's not as good. You as You know a, the place we stayed in in Vegas, the Riviera. Yeah, it's gone now. I heard that, and I was so depressed. I was like, yeah, it was a long way from anything. Yeah, but it didn't used to be. I guess so. At one point, that was where things were, and then it moved down. And then that bit got got uh, anyway. That's getting Riviera was so cool. Sunny Chiba would stay there, right? That, yeah, that's how. it was so cool. It was one of the places that in the original Ocean's Eleven they they stole money from there with there the one with Sinatra and shit. Rat Pack. <laughs> anyway. this, I don't know if this movie has been remade, but um, Goggle get on it. Yeah, they should. Goggle was pretty goddamn cool. I wish I'd had more time for that NES game back in the day. I could never really figure it out. My yes. eight-year-old self was all like, I don't "What was it called?" Gogo 13. <laughs> oh, all right. Maybe it's on the virtual... Uh, oh, it definitely is. ...virtual yeah. console. Well, not the virtual console, but... We might, we might look on... Find you- the ROM somewhere. <laughs> we'll, we'll, look, we'll look it up on YouTube in yeah. a minute. <laughs> I don't know, man. That was pretty good. So you would, you would choose the ability to use any gun as a sniper rifle? You, uh, you, what, it's either you that choose, or... Scott? What did you choose? Like, just get people out of the way and just save... Like, just oh, that's right. Them. And I chose to be ability to shoot anyone from miles away through telescopes. Um, it's, was I really like this film. Uh, my my other if, if I couldn't choose the gun thing, I think I'd have to choose like looking good in a safari suit because because no one can really pull that off. <laughs> no, there's not too many people in the world. He that pulls can pull it off it. so good. He really does. Can I nominate? A second? It's not even a khaki one. It's a white one. Oh yeah. Can I nominate a second move? Yeah. Shut the door behind someone and disappear like magic. Yeah. Because <laughs> the cop's an idiot. Um, yeah. So that's the end of Goggle Thirteen. Anyone want more Cuba Libras? Uh, thank you that was very tasty but I'm good All Um, right. if you want to email us with suggestions questions critiques asianactioncast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook thank you very much and we'll be back in two weeks time with something else that I don't know what it's going to be yet Mm. yeah (laughs) Bye. bye